From here, it um, looks like wingdings. I am blind. <laughs> It does from here sideways and at an angle because the screen is at an angle it blurs it slightly yeah, and it's sideways yeah, and yeah. it's like it's wingdings as far as I'm concerned from here. Who the fuck made wingdings? Oh, like no. It also sounds like it should be we a really think it was so fucking cool as kids. It, it it sounds like it should be like a really amazing restaurant. Like oh mate let's just go to wingdings. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. We are back, back, back in the house. <laughs> oh my word. Welcome, people. We are here. Hi, welcome to Drunk Art Review, the place where anyone from teetotal to blind ass drunk is willing and able to give their honest ass opinions about all forms of art. Marvelous, that's just what we like to hear. Yay! Hey. Love to have a, an excitable opening. Well, Rosie's very excited. Yes. And she's like, yes, yeah. Full yep. stop, yes. Yep. That's period, that's it. Cool. <laughs> also, uh, FYI, if there are any strange background noises, my lovely dog is mooching around, so. She is. She was she was like, Can I bring Doris over? And I was like, Well yeah, obviously, anytime. Bring that dog over here. I want to touch her. Yeah. Creep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes I am. That's fine. And I don't care. I, I understand, my dog is adorable. And yes, I am biased, but no, I don't give a fuck. I am not wrong. <laughs> my dog is the most adorable thing on this planet. She just, she, she was sitting in the corner of the kitchen and she had the most innocent stare at me. Mm-hmm. You know? She's like a little angel baby. I'm always grateful for that. Anyway, getting off the subject of my dog, what are we talking about this week, Rosie? We are talking about urban legends. Oh. <laughs> so we are looking yeah. at urban legends and the artwork that goes with some of these urban legends, I guess. Yaha. Uh -huh. Oh yeah, look, I got a nice uh, screensaver just popped up. That freaked me out. <laughs> I thought the whole system had gone down then and I was panicking internally. I <laughs> I Why would you do this to me? I saw that flash of panic because it didn't just go dark, it went dark and then brightened up again into the rather stylish, um, uh, I think it's called like Flippomatic or something. Loads of people on Instagram have it and I was like, bitch, I want that screensaver. Give me a retro clock and tell me the time in giant letters. Wow. What's the equivalent of Visco Girl for Instagram girls? Visco Girl. You're not a Visco Girl, isn't you? No? Visco? No, Visco, the app, you know, that like, editing, photo editing app. Oh, come on guys, you must know what a Visco Girl is. So it's like a, an aesthetic that certain girls have. Do I do I have it? No, but I'm trying to figure <laughs> out what the equivalent of like being an Insta chick, if there's a particular name, or do you just call it Insta girl? Like Visco girl Insta I think they're more just like influencers. They just say, I'm a Yeah, influencer. but not everyone is an influencer. They just try to be an influencer. Yeah, well, this is the thing. It's like, it's, um, it's kind of an adopted term, isn't it? It's like, I want the influencer life, so I'm going to make everything look great there's some, there's some really funny artwork pieces that keep coming out of this one person i can't remember who it is but they do these retro style images mm. of like you know 40s girls and 50s and stuff like that and one of them was like become an influencer where i have no talents in anything but all i want but i'm pretty good at taking a picture of myself in any situation yeah come join me i mean i i love i love you influencers if ever you listen to us because I follow many of you, but I, I, and love, also, I love we, the hilarity of that. Yeah, but also we do know that there goes more in, there is more that goes into it than just taking photos oh, of yourself. Yeah. We know you, basically you're marketing yourself, which is a job in its own right. But anyway, mm, that's, epic but, job. But if you can't take the mickey out of yourselves, then you're not allowed to take the mickey out of anybody else. If you can't love yourself, how, how are you, you gonna, gonna love, love anybody else? else? Can I get an 
Amen. Amen. That was exactly what popped into my head as I was saying that. And if anybody is a fan of RuPaul's, you'll know what we're on about. Can I get an amen? Sorry. Oh my god, like, here we go. <laughs> I mean, I am an avid fan. Like, one might say religiously involved with it because I've watched it for many years. Mm. As has uh, my 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 good friend Flynn over in Madrid. He's he's not from Madrid, but he's, he lives there. Um, and we just we constantly just like, talk about RuPaul together. Are you watching the Canadian one at the moment? I am not, but it's Ooh. because it's because right right. I'm not watching it yet because I have so much work to do and I'm getting it done and I know once I start watching it I'll just be like mm. So I'm saving it for myself. I was gonna say, do you not have balance? Cause like, I do lots of work, but then I treat myself with an episode. I don't have balance in my life. Yeah, I'm not one of these people that like- <laughs> I watch an episode of like the uh, All Stars, right? Which you definitely need to watch yeah, on I Netflix, do. yes. Uh, I watched the new episode, uh, a, new, the new, a new episode each Saturday morning. Mm. And then I watch things that I've mostly seen or whatever, or can work and do watch at the same time. Um, I'm not very good at binging series. I am. See, I'm the opposite because I'm one of these people that needs to be doing stuff. Yeah, sometimes, I, I do sometimes both. if I'm staring at the television too much, I feel like I'm wasting my day and I need to do a physical activity, whatever that is, before I then continue to binge. So I don't think I'm very good at binging. I feel like I'd get bored of something if I watched eight episodes in one go. I'm... I think it, it, can, it can get like that. And it kind of it does. It becomes a marathon. You're like. I've got yeah. to get through I this. Like, I like the but, anticipation. Yeah, but like the the needing of moving a body and things like that, because I'm so avidly drawing all the time, mm. it can be such a physical activity for me, weirdly enough, that I, you know, I move around to draw and fidget and blah, 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 blah. So it doesn't feel like I'm... I mean, it's stationary. And most of the time, I always go out for a big long walk in the day oh, anyway, yeah. so... And also, I'd like to, disclaimer, when I say binging, I mean, like, actively watching something. Because, like, <laughs> I do have things, like, streaming in the background as background noise, so if I don't feel like listening to music, I'll have, like, BuzzFeed Unsolved, like, streaming yeah. in the background. <laughs> and, like, I, and I guess... This week, does, does that count as binge-watching? But I'm not really, like, fully paying attention to it because... Oh, yeah, I think anything that's, just like... in the background. Well, in a, in a way, when you binge-watch stuff anyway, stuff is just gonna... Because it's filtering through you so quickly. It's a bit like being having a bucket thrown over you as opposed to drinking a glass of water. Mm. That's a really good fucking analogy. Mm. Um, but like, She's gonna listen back to this when she edits it and be like, what the fuck am I talking about? That's generally what happens. Yeah. Um, but, like, generally, like, if you're working and you've got BuzzFeed on sold... Yeah, I love them both. Um, <laughs> but like, it dip in and out of it. It's a little bit more like a podcast in a way because mm. you're listening to these little uh, snippets of stories, um, or you're kind of paying a little bit of attention to it, and you get the general gist of all of it. But if it's active watching, like a new film that I really want to see, I ain't gonna have my iPad near me. Like I need to watch this, and generally I do it alone, even in the cinema, alone. Love it. Yes. I've never been opposed to going to the cinema by myself. Just have no shame. But back to the subject. Yes, what were we talking about? Urban legends! Urban legends! Urban legends! Yes! Yeah, I hounded us to do this because you're like, do you? Because you, you said what? Should it be urban legend and conspiracy theories? And I was like, no, it was originally oh, yeah. we, this episode was called Urban Legends and the Unexplained, but Rosie wanted to separate them, <laughs> so we had yeah, extra uh, topics. The Unexplained needs to be about aliens, man. Like, Ooh. that's what I wanted to have to. Oh, man. Got, 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 got a slide uh, in the weird conspiracy stuff. It's just great. You know, uh, you love it, right? I'm such a shaniac. <laughs> 
Me, like, seriously, I don't believe in any of it either, but I love, I just love the suspension of disbelief. Oh. No, you're, you're virgin on the Bugara. <laughs> yeah, probably. As I just I say, like I'm watching a... them both, though. They're both so... As I say, I'm only gorgeous. ever a, I'm only ever a Bugara if I'm off the an anxiety medication. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't put me in the dark room, no! <laughs> don't use the, the, the ghost talker thing, no! It's, oh, that, that noise, that... Mm. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Sorry, oh, we keep religions. we keep we keep going off from Revelation. We keep talking about Buzzfeed and stuff. Boys, come on our podcast. Oh um, my god, they're like our age. Ghoul boys. Yes, yes, but no, right. Anyway, urban legends. Yes, and um, I do have a story for you, but I wanted to. Um, oh, there we go. <laughs> I forgot it was a PDF on my uh, iPad, and I didn't have to scroll. I, I flip. Anyway. Um, I wanted to give you a little, a little something from the local area of Suffolk, because that's where we are. Even saying Suffolk on a podcast, I'm like, man, so local and samey. You know? Uh, what? A, uh, I'm t- I literally have no idea what she's on about now, folks. I'm looking at the expression on her face, and I think she's even trying to figure out where she's going with it. Well, you know, it's like talking about your own hometown. It feels too familiar, you know? So it's a little bit too... I don't know. It's a weird sensation. Anyway, okay, so I want to talk about Black Shuck. You know Black Shuck? As in the beer. Is there a dog on it? Yeah. Yeah! Well... I'm pretty sure we used to sell it in the cheese shop. Did we? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we had a black shark. All I remember was so fu- so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so good. Anyway, okay, so a giant black dog. Like the grim. Yeah, literally. Like uh, the I mean black dogs have always been, you know, used throughout history, but this one was all through the Middle Ages, right? This is why poor black dogs get a bad rep. I know. And I'm against this because Doris is a black dog and black dogs are also penalized like black cats are and they get left in rescue centers. Anyway, talk about the black shark. I saw a cat catch a bird this morning. And then it tried to catch another one and my mum was like, "Get it out!" Cuz it's you like one should have seen the look one, on her face. Just like, one bird's enough, right? Then you intervene. Greedy cat. Anyway, it's gorgeous, but god damn it. Anyway, Black Shuck is a big black dog. You're <laughs> said to be stalking the East Anglia, England countryside and coastland for, well, till today. It's an urban legend. Oh, who knows? Because um, basically it would go around and like attack things and it was like a bad thing. Anyway, uh, the beast's most celebrated attack was on August it was in August of 1577. Okay. So, long time ago, when a storm made villagers take refuge at Holy Trinity Church in uh, Blytheborough, which is like near Bungie. Mm-hmm. Great word. So, Bungie. virgin on the Norfolk border almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, a clap of thunder burst open the church doors and a hairy black devil dog came snarling in. Um, it ran through the congregation, killing a man and a boy and causing the church steeple to fall through the roof. Scorch marks still are visible on the church doors to this day and they are meant to be the claw marks of the dog. Um, but the thing is, is that an incident like that did happen. Like, you know, a man and a boy were killed. But then they also said that... You know what probably did happen? So there probably was a big, big black dog roaming about. And there was probably, you're saying the steeple fell down. Mm-hmm. There was probably like a big thunderstorm going on. Mm-hmm. Big thunder lightning storm. The dog was probably freaked out and trying to get inside because it was panicked. Yeah. 
broke down the door at the same time, lightning struck the steeple and broke that and it was attributed to the dog. And I mean, dogs hate lightning and thunderworks. I mean, apart from mine, because she... <laughs> Don't you like... Did you say thunderworks? I did. I hoped you wouldn't notice. Yeah, that's fine. I did. <laughs> um, apart... Yeah. If your dog is anything like mine... I'm going back to my dog. How clever am I inserting her here? Literally doesn't give a fuck about yeah. them. She's not deaf, she just doesn't care. No. Not bothered. Yeah. I've, I was like, never known a dog like it. But um, yeah, so I mean, a lot of urban legends, I'm kind of like, mass hallucination. Definitely. Which kind of sounds like that, because I don't think that happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... <laughs> just like completely right now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, something happened, but because most people are sheep, and like that idea of ooh, the possibility of something else. They like to adopt these stories to their lives and well, there is say a... that this happened and tell it to kids and blah, blah blah. But there is a psychological phenomenon that I can't think of the name of it, or someone will have to tell us in the comments. But there is actually like a psychological phenomenon mm. where people believe something has happened to them and they remember something differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very peculiar. Like mass hallucination when it comes to certain um, mm. uh, like alien abduction events. Mm. Which will be in the unexplained episode. Oh god, <laughs> um, that is not going for a while. Okay, I realised I just like I so okay. So Blytheborough is not in Bungie. Bungie is twelve miles away because basically, then in Bungie, two other worshippers were killed at St Mary's Church by also a dog. One was left shriveled like a drawn purse as he prayed. Apparently, um, wow. but the great thing, right? In two thousand fourteen, archaeologists dug up what turned out to be the remains of a very large, ancient, domesticated dog at Layson Abbey. But some have speculated that it's the carcass of Black Shook. Oh. <laughs> I mean, again, like, what? when was this in the 1800s? Uh, 1500s. Oh, 1500. Yeah. So, uh, just to put things into perspective, they weren't given their dogs rabies shots, so there could be some big it's bad crazy, dogs, but, they, the, but then go crazy, poor little buggers. Mm -hmm. So it could have, you know. It could have happened, yeah. It could have happened. Onto the, uh, I've got another little story here. Um, in Kersey, I won't say what it's called because that will give it away. Okay, this mystery was recorded in a book called Adventures in Time Encounters with the Past um, by Andrew McKenzie. It tells of three cadets from, you know, some cadet place. At uh, cadets? Uh, HMS Gangs? Gangers? Gangers? So her Majesty's. Gangers. I think that's the. G A N G E S. Yangers <laughs> <laughs> at Shotley experiencing something very odd in Kersey in Ooh, 1957. Mm. According to the book, the three 15 year old boys witnessed the village near Hadley as it was several hundred years in the past. The cadets were guided by bells in the course of a training exercise, but on entering the village, they saw it as it probably was in medieval times. The trio made a quick exit from the deserted village, having all experienced a feeling of unease and depression. So it's called Kersey Time Slip. So that's a little phenomenon, but that definitely also sounds like it could just absolutely be a story. Well, if there were like three cadets that were like out 15, you know, training, yeah. making some dinner, like while they're out camping, and then like, what if they accidentally picked the wrong mushroom? <laughs> put that in there. You want some MDMA, mate? Are you, yeah. are you, you having a hallucination? I mean, MDMA doesn't give you hallucinations, no, but... But imagine if they just ate the wrong... Wrong, wrong mushrooms. mushrooms. Yeah. Also, one more, because 
I got, got another one. Okay, so Brendlesham UFO incident. Oh, Brendlesham yeah. in the forest, yeah. Right, love the forest. Forest so great. You know, like some of the wood in the forest is like proper dead, but because the the they've all been planted in rows, mm. you walk through it and it's like this really weird cathedral. Oh, it's really spooky. But yeah, it's great for photos. Yeah, there's a bit like that in Thetford Forest in Norfolk. If you ever yeah. go there, it's, it's like really linear. It's very peculiar, but like really cool. It's like something out of a film. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I walked through it. And I was just like, oh, I, 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 I believe I have an old photo somewhere on my uh, Instagram. I can, we can always share it and show you what we mean. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Um, now known as Britain's Roswell. Wonder who oh. gave it that word? Um, that name. The legendary. Legs and dairy, um, <laughs> Rendlesham Forest incident still sparks passionate debate among UFO spotters and conspiracy theorists. Almost 40 years ago, four year, almost 40 years on, it all unfolded in, an, in late 1980 when several American airmen witnessed strange lights above RAF Woodbridge and Bentwaters. Yeah. The sightings have been variously written, written off by skeptics as an elaborate prank or being caused by the glow of Orford Ness lighthouse, but believers are convinced the airmen experienced something otherworldly. Because I think it was on like Christmas Eve or something like that. One of the general, not generals, whatever they're called, men. Uh, Officers, officers, probably. Uh, he he witnessed something, and he and he was not like one of these people who. This is the thing: you get these people who experience something, and they're like, "I'd have never believed this before, but it happened to me, and I'd never lie." And the thing is, like, they'd be like, "Well, actually, they probably wouldn't." So it does make you be- think that what they believed that they saw was real for them. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. believe that they. I believe them that they saw something, but I don't. Mm believe what they think it is yeah. I think it's my yeah and also if it was Christmas Eve to be perfectly honest it was probably some crazy Christmas lights went wrong yeah yeah. somebody probably shot something in the air without meaning to and Rudolph was like mm. but they say as well that they saw because they saw like these um these, these lights but they saw like a like a triangle shaped craft and then when they went back for it it was gone because everything always disappears Christmas Eve it was probably fucking Santa on his sleigh like delivering <laughs> presents like what more do you it's want like, people sorry did you not realise I was an alien <sighs> should have talked about Krampus really yeah. Krampus is great nah that's more for our uh, Halloween uh, Christmassy time yeah. oh, we should do an episode about Halloween Christmas Christmas time oh my god what's happening to my voice and talk about Krampus and Nightmare Before Christmas that's one of my favourite films it was the first film I ever saw which I love like in the cinema I think I still have the original VHS I love it that's stuff that you have to keep yeah my dad bought it home for us oh that's lovely such a treasured item to keep it's a part of your history isn't it I just love it. I just love the Nightmare Before Christmas. I do this. I do this weird thing, folks, and I didn't realise that I did it. I think I've mentioned in a previous podcast episode that I'm a facial recognizer person. Mm, Like I'm a super recognizer. So I'm really good with like remembering faces. But there's this other thing that I do that I didn't realise I did until I kind of thought about it, and my mum was like, "Yeah, there are certain soundtracks to films without the song lyrics." I mean, it's obvious if it's one with the lyrics. But if I'm listening to like a film soundtrack mm. and a random part comes on and it's there's no like actual lyrics, I can still tell you what part of the film it is, even though the music sounds similar all the way throughout. Oh, and I can wow. I can particularly do it with the first Pirates of the Caribbean one. <laughs> so like we can be listening to the whole like orchestral soundtrack, yeah. 
And I'll be and like, just, I'll be like, no. oh, this is the bit where Jack does this on the boat, and my mum's like, what? It's like, what is your your mind? What is happening? I cannot be the only person that does that, though. I know. I'm I'm sure it's it is a skill that you know I'm a not, very I, fair few people have, it, but it's well, very rare. I bet. I wouldn't call it a skill. It's pretty fucking useless. <laughs> like, what do I do with that? Oh hell no. I re- I reckon like. If you happen to be at an incident, like a murder or something, and someone was like, "Oh, bitch, we don't, we didn't catch what he looked like. Does anyone else know?" And you're like, "Oh, the facing, that's great, but like but the also, music thing. And how would the how they, are you recognizing what part of the they, Pirates of the Caribbean?" They could have been like, "We didn't know what part of what 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 time of the club that this person died, but this person saw it, and then but we know what time it would have been because we had the playlist, so we would have." We would have known. Mean, I'm just going to avoid dead bodies and crimes, yeah. so that's probably not going to be useful. But yeah, sorry yeah. guys, random fact for you. Well, you yeah, know, just that's so cool. I don't. We're think... all over the place today. <laughs> we hope you're enjoying the episode so far, folks. <laughs> I mean, I had a I had a glass of wine earlier. Half oh, and a she's glass. had a gin. I'm not. You had a gin. I haven't had a gin. Oh, I thought you had gin as well. No, I'm just, just giddy. Me. I'm giddy. Like she it, really is. It's the second time of being able to do this again, and I'm just. Giddy. She just loves seeing my beautiful face. <laughs> and also, you were doing some weird stretchy things to me downstairs, and oh, my body feels great. Mm-hmm. Wasn't even sexual. Felt I, sexual. I mean, that, that good, makes it feel but... sexual. Just adding that comment. <laughs> <in there. laughs> I thought it was funny. Anyway, go. Okay, I've done. I've done a little few things. Tell me. Tell me some stories. <laughs> okay, so the urban legend and the artworks surrounding this urban legend. <laughs> I have gone for something called. So we all know Jack the Ripper. Yeah. But what if I told you there was a Jack that was an urban legend? I mean, well, Jack the Ripper wasn't an urban legend. He's infamous. Mm. But what if I told you there was a precursor to Jack the Ripper? (gasps) Tell me more! Not quite as notorious and now forgotten about in, you know, Mm -hmm. not as well remembered as Jack the Ripper. This man was called, or being, was called the Spring-Heeled Jack. Oh! Oh, I I know the word, but I don't know the story. So, Springheel Jack, for those that don't know about him, was a character from English folklore, and uh-huh. he was mainly thought of during the Victorian era. So, the first plain sighting of him was in 1837. Uh-huh. Yeah, 1837, very Victorian then. Yeah, very, very Victorian. So, <laughs> um, other later sightings were reported all over Britain, but mostly he was prevalent in London, the Midlands, and Scotland. So, London. And just to, to paint you a picture, he was like the Victorian equivalent of a bogeyman. Mm. He was the Victorian bogeyman, that's kind of what he was. So he was said to be devil-like in appearance. Mm-hmm. Apparently he could breathe blue flames. Mm. He Even hotter than red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he um, got his name spring Jack, I believe, from the fact that he had this ability to jump unnaturally high. Ooh. So he could just leap. Yeah. So lots of... Was so he, like, looked as a person? But... Well, I'll get into that. So descriptions vary mm-hmm. about his appearance, and some were very outlandish. Some people just thought he was a extremely agile human person. A human person. A human being that... <laughs> he was human person. He was a human person. <laughs> um, so some people thought he was this super agile human being that uh-huh. could... Was just like, you know, what a um, parkour street runner could do, which is leap over buildings and that kind of thing. Amazing. But others believed he was an actual demon. And mm. uh, they described him as having clawed hands. And... He just couldn't get to the clipper, clippers, you know? Well, again, 
some people when they talked about his claws it was like he had gloves with metal claws attached some mm. people thought they were actually a part of him so again yeah. stories vary and people said that his eyes glowed like red balls of fire um, i reckon they were also on the mushrooms probably so one report said that he wore a black cloak with a helmet and then he also had this tight fitting white garment underneath that was like oil skin but oh that's i mean it's, yeah. it's kind of sexual <laughs> yeah so kind of like a weird like superhero outfit almost but yeah. not a superhero because i'll tell you why a little bit stormtrooper yeah. no it's like skin tight, oh, skin like, tight. Like, mm, like oiled slate latex yeah pretty much but not latex because i don't think they had latex clothes in anyway oh, no, that um, didn't happen until what like 60s maybe later 80s I don't know when latex, latex. I don't know when latex, like fashionable latex, came in. Hmm, something that, I'd like to look into because I follow some very cool pages. That it's do it. weird because I definitely remember to, like, re- like looking into the when was latex was like made. I was like, oh. well, that's different because latex I think has been used and has oh, been yeah. around for longer. But I mean, as clothes. But like used in clothing, like fashionable clothing. Because again, I think it was used in like practical work clothing before it was then in fashion. But anyway, well, that's... tell me about this white whale skin. Sea anyway, sea. but most stories either way. Way, have yeah. this aspect of him having some kind of devilish features but some of them even describe him as a tall and thin gentleman dark you beautiful know, man you know so th- there's all these different variations of this this spring-heeled jack the first sighting of him was 1837 and there were loads of reports kind of coming in at that time but they were more on the outskirts of london so they weren't kind of like really pieced together and taken and, very and seriously to be fair, like the outskirts of london was very still country bumpkin yeah area. it's definitely not like it is now there were like villages like little islands so you know it wasn't connected had their own dialects kind of thing you know and it took off <laughs> yeah they, i mean yeah they probably did and like getting between each place i mean mm. you couldn't just like walk from like one district to another now they were kind of really far out yeah but anyway so a young girl by the name of let me have a look what did i call her I can't even read my own handwriting here. What does it feel like? Oh, it's an M. Sorry, guys. <laughs> this is the problem with having very loopy, fancy handwriting. Yeah. I can't even read it. Anyway, so a young girl by the name of Mary Stevens was walking through Clapham Common mm-hmm. and she was on her way to work. So she'd been visiting her parents. I can't remember whereabouts her parents lived. She lived somewhere nearby and she was walking from her parents' house through Clapham Common to get to work. And as she was walking through, a strange figure leapt out at her. So he immobilised her with like a really super tight grip like around her, so he just like bear hugged her. And um, once he'd done this he tried- Assault! Yeah, pretty much. And then he tried to kiss her face. (gasps) Yes, so you know, he's still not a nice person. And he he had these claws, so he was like ripping at her clothes and trying to get to her skin. And apparently she, Mary Stevens, described his hands as like cold and clammy, like those of a corpse, basically. Nothing so, more gross than you cold, could, wet hands slithering ugh. over you. <laughs> so she screamed, which caused the attacker to flee because yeah. he was worried, obviously, about. Well, you know how high we can scream. Just the weirdest noise you can make, just terrifying. Yeah. I mean, our fans know how high we can scream because they've heard <laughs> us do it many a time. We apologise for your eardrums, but we cannot accept any this damage. First episode, my friend retweeted us being like, "This is great, but just watch out for the ear-splitting scream." At like three <laughs> minutes for you. <laughs> so. She screamed, it caused him to flee, and then several of the residents around Clapham Common, they all came out to her aid, and they all searched, but they couldn't find kind of any trace of him. And then the next day he chose a different victim. Mm -hmm. So he jumped in front of a carriage that was being driven. Oh, he upped his game. Yeah, but he, I don't know what the aim of this one was, because he jumped in front of a carriage and then the carriage crashed, and the um, the coach- horse. 
Oh yeah, I think the horse was fine, but the coachman was quite severely injured. Mm. Um, so he didn't distinguish between men and women? Well, normally it was women, so I don't quite know why yeah. this attack happened, what he was trying to achieve mm-hmm. or whether he was going for someone else. But anyway, he jumped in front of this carriage, which then caused the coachman to have to divert and crash. And then several people who witnessed this event claimed mm-hmm. that he'd escaped. And he was leaping over a nine-foot wall while he was escaping, so like obviously people what? thought he was a superhuman. And apparently he was cackling in this really high-pitched voice as he went. <laughs> so... Fucking Victorian era, man. Yeah, they love a fucking weird, creepy shit. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, th- there were reports just trickling in through yeah. 1837. And th- it was generally, he was ambushing people like this first attack while he was out walking, or this other thing he would do is he'd ring the doorbell of someone's house and then attack them like that. There were lots of theories kind of like rolling in, kind of starting to trickle in a bit more and a bit more by that point kind of so, a lot of gamble with his attacks like he doesn't know what's who's behind the door yeah he doesn't know really who's in the carriage theoretically he's just like picking and choosing <laughs> like appearing out of nowhere yeah it's it, it, it's really weird the more and the cackling <laughs> as well like yeah creepy fucker i mean there was there were some theories of people at the time they thought maybe it was like a group of well-to-do men dressing up and scaring people like as part of a bet yeah. so they thought maybe some there were some rich fellas that were a bit bored and wanted to bet the other one and he had to go and do like this stuff so there was that oh yeah and most um, of the time as well like the well-to-do men probably would have been about 18 or 19 years old so because, they're all like yeah like just having too much fun <laughs> you know getting a bit leery like lads, lads, lads <laughs> and lads. then jumping over a wall yeah pretty much <laughs> the fact that the lord mayor of the time was he kind of thought that that was a possibility because apparently he'd received this anonymous letter saying that there'd been a bet taking place and that wow. they were causing trickery. Mm-hmm. So he was very sceptical of the idea that it was like a supernatural like a, being. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, I mean, in that time period, there was always that like, oh, it could be something else kind of thing. So it's, yeah, a, it's, was, kind of, it's a good thing that he was quite pragmatic about it and thinking this is probably people doing this. Yeah, so he was... He was very kind of like, oh no, it's it, it's mm. very sceptical, and he felt that lots of people have made the massive exaggerations, um, that it was impossible, um, I think he was quite saying, that the ghost performs the feats of a devil upon this earth, and he just thought it was like this group of lads playing pranks for a while. Mm. Um, but lots of, several young women by this point have been frightened into kind of like really dangerous states of being in fits or severely wounded by the claws so yeah. it was you know I mean, for a prank it was quite a, you know they're attacks but, really but while this was all going on this kind of frenzy was building yeah. sort of quietly because people were like starting to whisper stories and things so his story then really took shape in february 1838 this sort of thing where the mayor of london was uh, chatting about so it wait how long how long a time period was that so 1837. Oh, so okay. So, so it's been the going following on for like a year. The yeah, so it's been going on for a year. In January, the mayor was kind of like, "Oh, it's. I reckon it's just these fellas have played yeah. pranks. I've had this anonymous letter, mm-hmm. you know." But then in February 1838, so the following month, a young lady called Jane Alsop was attacked. And mm. what happened was someone rang the doorbell and they were screaming that they'd actually caught spring Jack and they needed some help. So she bought a candle to come out and help because it was dark. And as she got outside to him in the street, this character then started breathing blue flames at her apparently and was trying to tear her clothes with his metal claws that he had. Um, she was rescued because her sister then came out to come to her aid and it caused the... So did was it Springheel Jack screaming, I've been... Ca-, like, 
Yeah, so he was Spring Hill Jack. Yeah, so he was he tricked he tricked her. So Spring Hill Jack tricked her by saying that he'd caught himself, kind of thing. That's so cheeky. Yep. So it was a trick. And then days later, there was another attack which took place in another part of London. And Lucy Scales was the name of the lady. She was walking with her sister when a shadowy figure appeared, and he also blew blew the thing blue blue flames. That's not easy to say. Blue blue flames. He blew. Blue flames. Yes. Blue, 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 blue. Yeah. Hard. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, but because of like the fright of it, it caused her to have a seizure. Oh. I mean, luckily she was with her sister and then yeah. they called for help. I believe she was fine afterwards, but. But the terror. Yeah. The terror. So, and all the initial reports prior to that were, as I said before, were further out of London. But these two were more sort of in the inner city by this point. Mm. So it garnered a lot more attention. That's kind of like where the idea was kind of like cemented of what he appeared like mm. and from their descriptions of. And to be fair, I mean, blue flame is going to stick in your mind, isn't it? Yeah. There was a couple of people suspected of, of, of being him. So there was a chap called Thomas Milbank who was boasting about being him in the pub. And, was he uh, drunk? <laughs> probably. Oh, and brilliant, he was, Jack. I can jump over that nine foot pretty wall. Pretty much. <laughs> and he only escaped conviction because when, <laughs> he was arrested. And he only escaped conviction because as the witnesses testified, Thomas Milbank couldn't actually breathe blue flames. And, uh, you know, apparently <gasps> Spring Hill oh Jack God. could. So there was also suspicion for a while on a young man who was the Marquis of Waterford. Let me, let me guess, he couldn't blow blue flames either. Well, no, that was kind of written off by the people of the time because oh. he was um, a very wild, eccentric young man. But everybody, but everybody, while he was wild and you know a bit of a party animal, every, no one would describe him as vicious. Mm. Apparently, he was not that type. So again, nothing fell on him. I mean, modern, That's good. modern, as the story has been retold, a lot of people wonder with these men that were playing pranks or whether it was just some eccentric rich man that felt like dressing up and being a loony, you know, well, like a Batman, but anti-Batman character of his day, well, kind mean, of thing, being rich and being able to have a fancy outfit. And, well, you know I mean, I mean? You, you watched uh, the Jack the Ripper movie, like with, um, what's his name? Hobbit Man, not Elijah no. Wood. Very good, uh, weird take on uh, Jack the Ripper. Well, I think it's like a 1998 movie. The super rich man who's like a physician and stuff, and he's mm. just like, he just needs to wear it, so he wants to be a, because he's a psycho. He's a psycho. Mm. It's a great movie. I can't remember like who makes it, but oh, it's, it's like shove it in the story. It's totally saturated in like you know, red and that overexposure of the you know late 90s of mm. film. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> yeah, no, um, so. You know, he kept being sighted all over the country. They were like, all, it'd go quiet for a while and then all of a sudden- All over the country? Oh, of course, yeah, you said Yeah, so yeah. it'd go quiet for a while and then there'd be like a little burst ripple effect somewhere. And you, do you know what I mean? So in 1870, so I'd said 1838. So we're talking- Quite a while You know, later. like 30 years later. Angry townsfolk in Lincoln apparently shot at him because they saw him in the street, but he just laughed and ran away, leaping over buildings and small fences. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> So I'm kind of thinking like this cannot be the same person because if it is an actual person because the, the years difference and like the agility you'd need and the distance and but it's like the dread pirate pirates Roberts from Princess Bride you pass it on you have a name exactly yeah so it could be that or it could just be a copycat mm. anyway his last confirmed 
and I say that with air quotations, appearance, was in Liverpool in 1904. Liverpool. And apparently he was witnessed leaping up and down the street before jumping on the rooftop and escaping. So again, this is probably someone completely different who, at the time, I mean, I don't know if it was as popular as it is now, but I mean, it was probably very efficient to criminals in those days that could perform that kind of stuff, but it could have been like somebody who was very agile and parkour, you know, circus. Early days parkour, man. So it could have just been somebody who'd been doing the naughty and was trying to escape mm. and someone attributed to that so yeah so that is that is spring jack and i'm going to show you some yeah, pictures show now. Some so this is kind of how he's represented so just remember how i've kind of like spoken about him so these are like comic book covers that he's in and yeah. do you see what i mean about he him looks- being like an anti-batman <laughs> he actually looks pretty amazing look at that tash <laughs> But in this one, in like that one, he appears kind of like more human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this one, he's more like a devil. Yeah. Well, he's, it's, yeah he's still got the human like, yeah, yeah. and he's got the facial features. There was one I'd seen. I mean, that's just creepy, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? I think this is great. Like nicking women and. Uh huh. This one, he kind of is more devil like. Yeah, See I these ones? Woman. Cool. So yeah, it, he kind of varies. And I mean, this one, he's like full on like a devil. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, ah! Like creepy as hell. Like the world, man. Just an interesting little bit of English folklore. But like, if anybody is interested, there's quite a few. I mean, I found quite a few books. Yeah, it sounds think, like he's quite a, a figure in uh, literature as well. I think. Yeah, so I think he's he's been interpreted in different ways in series and comic books and yeah, pop culture yeah. without us even realising. I mean, there's a few books that I wrote down if you want to know more about the history of it. Um, but there are hundreds that you can find. These are just like, you know, so you could, there's one called The Mystery of Spring Hill Jack by John Matthews, The Legend of Spring Hill Jack, Victorian and Urban Folklore and Popular Cultures by Carl Bell, Spring Hill Jack by Philip Pullman. So that's just a tiny selection. So if you're interested in reading more about Spring Hill Jack, like literally type it. type it into Amazon and hundreds of books come up. Yeah. So yeah, it, it just fascinates me, but I love that the artwork on him from the time, some of it is very, well, it kind of has like that cartoony. Kind of, yeah, slight sort of, a, a jovial mockery to it. It's like, ha ha! Yeah, I mean, they're, they're like the modern, de- they're, they're like the equivalent of like a Marvel comic or like a Beano. Yeah, yeah. Some of them. I just love that the Victorian era, right? They lapped up all this crazy horror shit, mm. but they always had a really funky little spin on it. So yeah. these illustrations are great. They're just like, I love it. They're just bonkers, some of them. In all of these images, he's got such a grin on his face. Yeah, but then there's like this one, for example, which always oh, just disappeared. I just had one and he was creepy as hell in this one let me find him love a good old creepy picture oh this is a different one but some of the modern interpretations kind of do different things with it and images i found they either kind of go on that comical like haha yeah yeah you know nonsense side or they go the opposite way and it's like proper spooky spooky creep Mm. i think he was he has been featured a lot in kind of like that steampunk genre of writing and stories So yeah, when I read about him, I was like, I like this urban legend because <laughs> as you know, as I've mentioned a few times before, I'm not very good with super creepy or super scary things. And a lot of the ones I was reading were too terrifying. But this adds and, that like lovely jovial, yes. even, even though his attacks are not great. No, he's not a nice person. He's not a nice man. In this picture, he's throwing somebody off of a cliff. Great. Yeah. Goodbye. There's some brilliant pictures that I'm going to show you guys when it, when it, it goes seems, up on the podcast. It seems as well that he, he like he didn't do it to kill people. He wasn't like a murderer, was he? He didn't kill anyone. No, I don't think he, he killed anybody. He was stealing anything. But he was a sexual predator, so I yes. let's not condone yeah. that. But I mean, like this modern interpretation is scary as fuck. Yeah. Did he like full on rape anyone? I don't think he ever got to that point. He was just like 
which is very bad anyway he was a bit too touchy-feely and then like clawing and attempting but obviously wasn't very effective because yeah. normally a woman screamed and then he ran off no so My yes so, yeah, so that, that is the urban legend of Springheel Jack and, fantastic uh, yes uh, then obviously another Jack appeared yeah. and uh, kind of stole his limelight I mean, I kind of knew the name, but I hadn't mm. really read into it. So yeah, and I mean, I again, guess... it's it's still got that kind of cool, like, pop culture vibe in the fact that I've seen when I was doing research, people have used it on, like, for coffee. I think there's a coffee company that uses it and has, yeah. like, this creepy packaging. And yeah, so I think it's a cool one to, like, look into. Mm. Yeah, solid, yeah. solid urban legend. But, but yeah, to... I'd love to see if I can find some more modern artwork that talks about it. Mm. A lot of the artwork I found tends to be the older stuff. But it's... well, I mean, there's been such a fascination with Jack the Ripper, like in, even mm. in recent years. So that might be why there's not mm. much recent stuff about. Yeah, maybe Jack Old Springheel. But yeah, I think there's. I did find a couple of comic book artists that use him in like modern. Woo! modern days too so it'd be quite nice to show you guys the difference of how he was portrayed and how he is portrayed yeah. now you know what I mean so yeah so that's my urban legend oh, and the so artwork good. that goes with it oh I love it yeah that's a solid little urban mm. legend story isn't it well <laughs> the story I've got is isn't it's not particularly nice I feel like it's a bit of a downturn well, you're like, you know. okay, well, you told me some fun stuff before. Well, we started off lighthearted. Let's get into it, folks, because yeah. I knew this was coming. <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Prepare yourselves for this, folks. Okay. I am preparing myself. Right, I'm going to I'm gonna blitz through it because I feel like, you know, I've already talked and I, I just want to tell this story. It's fine. We'll have a slightly longer episode. Let's take it down to the other side of Crazy Town. And the Crazy Town here is Staten Island <laughs> in America. And... Well renowned for being crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is around sort of 1970s, that kind of time. So, and this is based upon the documentary called Cropsy. So, oh, someone was talking about that the other day. That was me! I was talking to you about it. Were you? On the, on, yeah, on the phone. Cause I was like, I might do this. Oh yes, of course you yeah. were. Because we were talking yesterday and you were drunk. <laughs> you make it sound like I'm always I'm not always No, drunk. she's not. It's just I called her at that time of day and you know, come and sit on the bed, darling. There's no dancing lights, do Come on, baby. Sorry for the clunking, <laughs> my dog just came in. Alright, so yeah, this I'm gonna talk about is Cropsy. Titled the same title as the urban legend of Cropsy. Um, it sounds harmless when you say it like that. It sounds a bit like, you know, like Banksy. Banksy, it's Cropsy, Cropsy man. Cropsy man. Oh, Eggsy. Like <laughs> nope. No, okay. no, no. Uh, so this is a 2009 documentary released in 2010, um, as most uh, sort of underground independent movies are, but this has gained quite acclaim. Uh, that's why, you know, it kind of did the rounds around all the sun, you know, film houses and blah, blah, and people loved it. Anyway, okay, so this is directed by Joshua Zeman and uh, Baba... Baba? Barbara? Barbara. <laughs> Barbara Cancio. I definitely didn't pronounce that right. Um, so anyway, okay. Cropsy is a boogeyman-like figure of Staten Island. He was told to kids that a man in the night would steal you if you misbehaved, like all legends, essentially. like. Although I think your your guy's way more like, oh, hey, as, yeah, <laughs> as opposed more, to this man's going to take you away. Oh my God. He's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he was he was said to have like one hook for a hand and he lived in the woods near the mental asylum of a Willbrook Willowbrook sta State School. Okay, he doesn't scare me quite so much so far because at the moment I'm picturing like a weird version <laughs> just 
from yeah. Matthew Pan. I've got like Captain Hook in my head at the moment. <laughs> Maybe a bit bedraggled. Yeah, so, um, alright, so Willowbrook State School. I need to tell you a little bit about it because this is where it all stems from. So bear in mind with this idea of Cropsy that kind of just, I think it. It was always kind of an idea in Staten Island, but it kind of got bigger and bigger. Um, it just took on its own form. Yeah, yeah. Um, and basically it's like it, it was a state-supported institution for children with intellectual disabilities located on Staten Island mm -hmm. from 1947 to 1987. Mm -hmm. The school was designed for around 4,000, but of course, bitches love overcrowding, so there was 6,000 in it. When you said about a school designed for a particular group of children and in the yeah. 70s, yeah. Uh, I just feel this sense of dread without, oh, e yeah. without even a nasty, crazy man going in there. Yeah. I can't imagine the conditions were brilliant as no, it was. No, there's these limits. Yeah. In 1965, it got 6,000. People, this is in the last 50 years. Do not forget our history. Yes. It is important. You need, need to hear it. And at the time, it was the biggest state-run institution for people with mental disabilities in the United States. Conditions and questionable medical practices Ooh. and experiments prompted Senator Robert Kennedy to call it a snake pit. Public outcry led to its closure in 1987 and to federal civil, civil rights legislation protecting people with disabilities. So it did, it had a knock-on effect. And not only these, but, were, these were these were children with disabilities. So yeah, they were even more. Money. Yeah, I mean, so right. Ugh. Like I said, it was built in 1942 to be this amazing place to help kids, but really it just utterly failed because at so many points there was a huge outbreak of hepatitis, which led to some super questionable treatments and studies. What but type it, of hepatitis? A and other hepatitis. Yeah, transmitted see? by blood and other things. Not good. People throwing up and blood and I, I, shit. And I, I just else. wondered whether it was transmitted by like that kind of. Oh well, maybe because there was it, there was I, questionable stuff about that too. Because so many of the children who were there um, and older people too who had mental Ill illnesses were just all lumped in together. Didn't have enough people mm. to care for them, um, and a lot of sexual ex exploitation happened with that too. Yeah. Um, so, like I say, this is a pretty dark story. Um, pretty, so, pretty nasty as it is without the urban legend around it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is even the urban legend. <sighs> um, so more than well it was always 90% of kids who went there got hepatitis right but this dude who was like in charge and like oh well let's just inoculate all of them with hepatitis and he was like well they're gonna get it anyway let's just give it to them so not inoculate them but just yeah essentially so make them ill earlier he just gave them the disease without like testing it properly oh my god uh biothesis art Kaplan has stated that the Willowbrook studies were a turning point in how we thought about medical experiments on retarded children. This was in like the 60s. Yeah, so that wording yep. is from the 60s. Please don't shoot us. That yes. is from the original um, report. Yeah. Children inoculated with hepatitis virus had no chance to benefit from the procedure, only the chance to be harmed. I don't it's think like you guys can see how upset I am right these now. These horrendous <laughs> things. Like, it's, the way, it's, it's almost like a huge, awful thing happening. That's when people take notice and ugh. Anyway. I need to rub my dog's belly to calm down. <laughs> um, so by 1965, the school was overpacked with kids who were, you know, abandoned by families. 
um, and they were disabled and they were in need of real care. Well, the thing is that there was, people forget that it was a different time back then and yeah. people, it, it they didn't understand. It doesn't make it right, but I mean, this has been going on for years. People, just if a family member, a relative doesn't fit within that certain mm-hmm. box, they're like hidden away. Yeah. And yeah. Well, this is, this is what I'm going to talk about a little bit more too. Like I mentioned earlier, Senator Robert Kennedy called it a snake pit, but he also said it was basically worse than animals in cages living in filth, dirt and rags. Mm. Um, So the government knew, but it took over 10 years for them to shut it down from then. Um, but uh, I wonder why we don't trust politicians. Yeah, this was probably after Geraldo Rivera, which was a great name. Do you want to say that again? Geraldo Rivera. Uh, a reporter from New York went in and filmed it and they're all very very hush hush like they never let people in so uh, one of the people who worked there kind of ushered them in and he took some absolutely shocking footage mm. of the kids that were in there they were um, basically like in black rooms screaming naked there was filth everywhere they you know stuff wasn't being cleaned were absolutely rammed full of kids and people who required the right attention and love really and care and treatment and deserve to be treated like human beings yeah and and the thing is is like this footage that he shot i mean it gave him a peabody prize actually for like doing this investigative stuff exposing yeah the thing is like watching it it's more horrifying than a horror movie it is because it's real yeah this is it don't google it if you're sensitive to this subject folks because this kind of stuff is genuinely you cannot even imagine it borders on the real side of what creepypasta can be like the website when you find out these experiments and things like that that's what it is Except they weren't doing experiments unless it was to do with fucking hepatitis B or A or whatever other things they had. But yeah, anyway, Staten Island. So this is the the surmise of the Willowbrook State School um, in Staten Island where they had the boogeyman of Cropsey. Okay. Cropsey. (laughs) So... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, a question, but then uh, that would defeat the object of you telling me the story, so carry on. Okay. Staten Island has the biggest garbage tip in the world, I think, or all America. You can see it from space. And in the documentary, yeah. some guy uh, talks about how everything is thrown away here. People consider Staten Island to be like a garbage bin. Um, and so often uh, this Willowbrook State School was almost considered in the same way because... And it's a huge structure. It's massive. I mean, consider it, like, yeah, for even 4,000 people, it's huge, because it has ground and everything too, and it's, you know, surrounded by wood. But it was kind of like the school was where they could do that with people. People kind of hated that idea that that was there, that people were just being shoved into this place. Um, So, let's talk about Andre Rand. Okay, he was born... uh, This will all make sense in in a little bit. He was born Frank Russian, uh, March 11, uh, 1944, and he is an American convicted kidnapper of two children and suspected serial killer, currently serving 25 years to life in prison. Mm -hmm. He's eligible for parole in 2037, and he is the subject of Cropsey. He's become the real-life boogeyman, and they gave a name to the urban legend. Rand uh, is suspected of having kidnapped and killed five alleged victims. From 1972 to 1987, each one of these kids, ranging from like five, seven, 11, and actually a 22-year-old guy who had the mind of a 15-year-old, all of these kids had like learning uh, difficulties. 
So very vulnerable, easy targets, yeah. basically. Really vulnerable. Which is kind of what brought the police onto searching with him first because of his first offence, which was Rand picked up a group of 11 children from the YMCA located in Staten Island in a school bus. And they could and got on the school bus, so they thought it was someone yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he took them. And he took them to New Newark uh, Liberty International Airport um, in New Jersey. None of the children were harmed in this encounter, but uh, Rand did, was apprehended and served 10 months in jail for unlawful imprisonment. Also, what's weird as well is the kids didn't know they were kidnapped. They were just like, oh, we'll get on the bus, we'll go here. Right, so this was a reason why they kind of looked into him with all these kids like disappearing. The funny thing is, is that there's no actual like evidence of murder with any of these kids other than the fact that they've just disappeared, but they were all seen with a man that looked like him. So, Copsy was originally was a separate legend. Yeah. So that came first. Yeah, but it was around the same kind of time. It kind of just, it, it started happening. What, so children started going missing? I think that there'd, there'd been something around that kind of idea before. I think that there'd been, you know, dis, you know, ever so slight disappearances before and it kind of hung around. But then in this particular time period, the idea of Cropsy came into full focus because these children were disappearing. Because they had this idea before that, oh well, Cropsy will take your children. So Cropsy was almost like a warning story, I guess. Yeah, a bit like yeah. um, fairy tales are sometimes used as, and some of yeah, these yeah. stories, folk stories can mm -hmm. be used as like a warning to not mm -hmm. do certain things because it's dangerous. So that's what I was trying to get my head around was which came first. So it was like chicken and yeah, egg thing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Cropsy came first and was just like a story that was circulated. Mm -hmm. But then it got to this point in time and they attributed it to this man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he became the embodiment of the legend. Yeah, which kind of adds this whole other element to mm. we'll love to make connections, we love to have an answer for certain things and be like, well, this is connected to that and that makes sense to us, you know. Mm. And I guess they started linking the urban legend to him because he continued to live in the woods surrounding Willowbrook, mm. which was essentially where Cropsy was meant to be. And he had this uh, criminal abduction record um, and had been around the mental asylum which linked him to feeling comfortable with kids who had problems. Yeah, he himself had a few mental problems. But you see, the thing is, it's loads of people um, found it hard to leave the school after its closure, because um, a lot of the people who actually worked within it had their own mental problems, um, which was very strange, like uh, sort of janitors and things like that. Not that there were many, and even though it was like derelict and decommissioned, people just continued to live inside of it, and kind of like squatting, it, and it what, gave him a home. Well, that's the thing. If you don't know any better, and you've been completely conditioned into a certain way of life like mm. how do you then reassimilate into the real world yeah like, yeah it's just the mental prison that you're in mm -hmm. it's just unbearable to think about yeah and it's also weird as well because he only worked there officially for two years mm. but he felt such a connection with just staying there that he decided to just continue to live in the woods surrounding it mm. and there was this um, connection with how they thought maybe he had like links to because they have this whole idea of like uh, satanic rituals within Saturn Island and they thought that he would be attached to that because of the area, the Willowbrook, like mm. they always thought they had like secret seances there and black mass and what have you and that the kids were like meant to be sacrifices and things like that because everyone loves to lump other things onto another urban legend, don't they? It just but many But many people actually talked about that mm. with him. That was another reason why they decided to sort of arrest him for this, well, because they then discovered that he did kidnap a girl. Um, documentary talked about the community um, and what they felt about wanting to find these kids. Um, but as much as they came together to find these kids, 
um, like that sense of community. They also had the same with like villainizing this man. He was an awful man, however, he did have his own mental problems. So and he was like was, a scapegoat. Yeah, almost. and there was actually no evidence to suggest that he had killed these people. So it's almost like they they linked on this cropsy urban legend onto mm. him to villainize him even more. Not a good guy, but it's kind of like that's when. Well, where did the other children go? Yeah, it's dangerous, isn't it? Because it obscures the truth. Yeah. Because if it wasn't him that took them, then who did? Who did? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, you need to find the truth for that. Um, and it's funny because they they find his sister in the documentary, who seems like a normal person. She's fine. They wanted to see if there was anything to do with like where they sexually assaulted when they were kids. Like, were there problems with him? Because they often find that you know when things happen when they're kids, it, mm. you know, if they have mental traumas. Problems. Yeah. And she was like, we weren't. There's there was no reason that she doesn't even keep contact with him. Doesn't even know. Um, and also, well, and there's no reason that she knows something traumatic could have happened to him that he kept yeah, secret from her. This is true. That, you there's know, other things too. Yeah. Also, the whole thing is like she has no idea, and no one does, where the name Andre Rand comes from. He's not called Andre Rand. He's called like what's it? Frank Russian. No one knows why he's called that. Um, so it was a name he just gave himself. I think so. Yeah. Some people have kind of attributed to him having a new name to be a part of like the satanic area, but. It, it's, it just feels like, with so many urban legends, I feel like there's so much just people just attaching other things onto, making someone seem even more devilized and mm. villainized and horrible. But yeah, they, they were trying to ask her, like, you know, because they thought maybe that was the answer to his behaviors of, like, you know, kidnapping children. Mm. Uh, but yeah, his mental instability gave more credence to the public opinion of him. So some women literally, well, yeah, some women literally gave a statement outside of the court being like, he just looks like a murderer, like you just know. And because he gets he gets convicted right for kidnapping, mm. and then like twenty years later, when he's about to be released, he gets arrested again for another kidnapping because they've been able to attach his DNA to that. Mm -hmm. And also in the court though, they've had to like do interviews. You know what they call not interviews, testimonies. Testimonies, yeah, like testimonials um, from people from twenty years ago. And they already have this idea of him. It's very, very, very murky. When he actually got uh, arrested, he's seen like dribbling, completely out of it. It's just not a stable man. Mm. And it's almost like, so he should have. Why been... is there not care being given in the same way that this hospital where he was working and he's seeing all of that horrendous stuff, and then knowing that he is also kind of in that genre you... area too. It's just, mm. it's just a big old like mud pile. I suppose it's. It's tricky because that in that part of law is murky as well. Mm. Because as far as I'm concerned, if somebody commits that kind of crime, they can't be in their right mind anyway, because mm. you can't be a normal human being and get a kick out of doing something like that. Yeah. But then only some people get away with pleading things like insanity. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So like, where's the line? It's very grey, isn't it? I think because some people are like, oh well, I killed, I murdered that man because I'm mental, and as far mm. as I'm concerned, you are all mental. Mm. Anybody that plans to kill someone is mental in one way or another because their mind doesn't connect the dots and say that this is wrong. Do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah, but the other thing as well with that, when it comes to um, whether the the line of sanity mm. is crossed or not, or where it is even towed, when it comes to a court and having a jury. Mm. It's all about perception, mm. and it can go either way. You can have a, a on that jury. Yeah, a mountain of evidence, 
but the evidence has to be read right and it has to be distinguished right to actually get to the idea of the actual justice that will happen. So in the same way that sanity can be towed here and there, a jury can be as well because it's all about how someone's perceived. So with this guy, yeah, he was a creep, but he needed, he probably needed some help. Mm. And it's just like, but I they never, they, they gave... never, they never found these children. No, they couldn't link him to these other children. No, for all we know, there could be another serial killer on the loose. Yeah, it's just, I believe they gave a real name to an urban legend to make the urban legend real, mm. to make him seem more mm. likely to be imprisoned and stay there. And 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 I mean, fair enough, he should be. Like, I'm not like he's. This is the thing, like, he's he's not a sane good man. Yeah. He's done some bad things, very bad things, and it's just it, but, but it's a very it's a very but, weird story. But it's like part of the story is missing and not I think that's the problem, yeah. isn't it? You've got part of the story that isn't answered. Mm. There's loose ends. Yeah. Do you have an artwork that goes with this urban legend? Well, it's a movie. It's the movie. I it? see. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I could, but I won't, because I know that that would damage you. I'm not going to show you the even a, a, a clip from the footage that they've found, what they took within the mental asylum, because he's bad. I don't think I can watch that. Nope, and I'm not going to put it on the page yes, either. We're not going to put that part of the story on the podcast page. However... If you, if you want to search for it. Yeah, yeah. Just search for Cropsy. Um, like I said, directed by... Joshua Zeman. Oh, so is that footage within the documentary yeah, yeah, yeah. film? Yeah. What's great about the film? Approach with caution. Yes, definitely. What's great about the film is that it it delves into the idea of Cropsy, the urban legend of Staten Island. So it looks at the fact and the the yeah. fiction. Yeah, and then it um it realizes it kind of it, it it gives a name, a real human name to an urban legend, mm. which is very rare. Like that doesn't happen with urban legends because no. I was looking at creepy urban legends of every state in America mm. did you see that you might have I don't know <laughs> I don't think so I was just googling it I was like creepy urban legends please and it came up with a list and it had the Wendigo on it and it had like um, all these other weird and wonderful things all of them creepy but Cropsy is the only one I could see on there that had a real life connection to someone real and alive mm. now. Because he's alive, he's in prison right now. Yeah, I'm just looking at screen grabs from... Yeah. Yeah, it's not nice, is it? Yeah, it's just... Oh, there's a new one as well. Yeah. The Cropsy Incident from 2017. I think I heard about that one. I don't know if I'm gonna wanna watch that either. Because <laughs> it's, for some reason, he's got the face of a scarecrow in it. Yay! So this just feeds more into the urban legend, doesn't it? This is yeah. the see, yeah. Wow. That see, that's the urban legend side of it. Cropsy, urban legend. The film is about sort of the documentary side of a man who was told or, or said to be Cropsy, mm. which is weird because you don't have that with urban legends. Urban legends are meant to be out there, un mm. unfoundable. But I like finding the origins of these stories. Oh, me, me too. It's interesting, like when we looked at the Grim Reaper last week, yeah, and I was I like, where it. did the Grim Reaper come from? Like, we just accept <laughs> it as part of, like, culture, don't we? Yeah. That, like, he's an urban legend in his own right. Mm. You know what I mean? Where did he come from? Yeah. Um, it is interesting. So we've had some... some I know, modern, a, <laughs> a modern-day docu-film mm -hmm. as one of our pieces of art tonight, which looks at the, the dangers, I think, of urban legends and attributing them yeah. to real-life people. And then we've had some a little bit of bonkers of Victorian <laughs> love you it. know 
<laughs> bonkers Victorian comical crook, you know. So we've had quite a varied spectrum of things, but generally we do on this, don't we? Yeah. Oh, and a little bit of uh, um, black shook. Mm, yeah, a bit of black shook and black shook and UFO from Rendlesham. Yeah. We'll get some pictures in there of them as well, don't you worry, folks? We're gonna be Rosie's gonna be loving to all the conspiracy theory, oh. urban legendy oh, pictures know. to find. You know I will. Yeah, I mean, we're, 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 we've given you quite a lot of stuff today, so yeah, I, I think you're we... enjoying this stuffy brain. Oh wait, do you have a recommendation, girl? Yeah, I was thinking, do you have one? I do. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna like my recommendation. Go on then. So, we've mentioned him a few times in this episode, and we've mentioned him in previous episodes. Have because, we? Because we like them, and uh, we want them to come on our show. <laughs> We'd like to be on their show. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes! So. I've recommended, I think previously, BuzzFeed Unsolved, just mm -hmm. something to watch if you like kind of like creepy stories and, you know. But the guys of BuzzFeed Unsolved have their own channel. Did you know this? No. So, <laughs> Shane Madey and Ryan Vergara and also Stephen Lim. They, they just have the best names. Like, Shane Madey. Vergara. Like, that's best. Oh, so good. Well, <laughs> so the Ghoul Boys and Stephen Lim. They come to England sometimes. They do. They? Come back and see us. <laughs> Let's do a spooky um, one. Yeah. They have a channel called Watcher. Watcher up to. So, and it's a mixture of things because Shane is a bit of a history nerd. Oh, yeah. In a yeah. good way. Yeah. So he love does this it. thing called Puppet History, which you'll love. And there's some more creepy ones that I haven't watched yet. So they're doing interviews with people, with people but it's in the pitch black. And I love it. I'm reading some scary stories, but then there's like some food things as well. So it's kind of like a really mixed bag of things, but I just find those so entertaining. Shane and Ryan, I just adore. Hilarious. Oh. Hilarious. Boys. Boys. Ghoul, Come here. Ghoul boys. Oh, ghoul boys. Please. He's like. Is that a new is that, is that a new name for us? I think so. I like it. <laughs> With the Gooligans. Um please please come on our please come and see us. We'd we'd love you. Yeah. We'd I love I, you I get I adopted a term for myself, but I think it goes for both of us. I call us Shaney Boos. Yeah. Because I was trying to <laughs> what I was trying to figure out, I said, Are you a Shaniac or are you a uh, a Bagara? And I was like, Well, I just love them both. And she she was like that's not what I meant. And I was like, I just want to cuddle them both. Give me. I said, do you believe in ghosts or not? And she I was went, like, Shaney Boo. She's I'm both. Sh she's a Shaney Boo. <laughs> Which um, is funny. I don't believe in ghosts, but I love the suspension of disbelief. And I just like watching them. So technically you are a Shania. Yeah. But I love, I love the surprise. Yes. <laughs> I, I would say that. Is that a ghost? Who uh, knows? I did Probably say not. to Rosie that I am a Shaniac. <laughs> but yes, if I'm not on the anti-anxiety meds, I can... I could see myself becoming a Bugara. Um, but then, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's not that I don't love you, Ryan. I just, I don't believe in that kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't either, but I will go there with you and it'd be so fun. Oh! We'd be shitty ghost hunters. I'd scream all the time, but in a joyful, <gasps> excitable way. Not like, oh my God. It would just be like, this is amazing. And I'd be rubbish because like, if anything like, came near me even if it was like a joke I'd accidentally punch I it think, yeah, I would like <laughs> I would react that'd be great oh god so yeah so Watcher on YouTube if you like if you like the Ghoul Boys yeah I mean they've probably got loads of followers already but like just go check them out they're fun if you like that kind of thing no I love it great. yeah I didn't even know they had their own channel so yeah I'm into it let's get into it <laughs> I'm 
can't help myself. Oh, Every time I say it, Love it so much. So last episode we were inviting Tom Hiddleston onto the podcast, and this oh, yeah. episode we're inviting the Gore Boys. You know what? Aim, aim big. Aim big. Always. High and hard. Yes. What's your recommendation, my girl? You know what's so much funner than mine? I was just gonna like, is this other murder thing? <laughs> <laughs> so my recommendation was Ah, here we go. <laughs> Thought I'd lost it, but I deleted it. Um, it is The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Oh, that rings a bell. Ooh, yeah, right? Uh, there's a 1976 version and then a 2014 version, and the 2014 version is based on, like, it's like a continuation of the 1976, but it's like they play that movie mm. in the 2014 so version. So they're breaking the third wall. Yeah! Oh, it's like slightly documentary ish, and it's like, they're, because, right, in 1946, the Texarkana Moonlight Murders <laughs> happened uh, in 1946. In 1946, um, the Texarkana Murders happened in 1946. Yep. I got it right twice. <laughs> <laughs> Just clarify, it was in 1946. I think it's in 1946. I'm so okay, folks, it was 1946. Yes, it's 1946, all right, okay. <laughs> um, and you see, the thing is that that, that the town that dreaded sundown is based on the Phantom Killer, which was what they kind of attributed to mm. these Moonlight Murders. Um, and basically, he'd always just go down. It's a little bit like uh, what's his name, you know, Zodiac, with killing people down Lovers Lane. Although the first two people he didn't kill because I don't know, they escaped. Um, but yeah, it's a, those two movies are proper cool because the 2014 ones, like, it shows the old version in it and then it's like, actual, then murders happen again because they've shown the movie and oh, and then it's, and then it's like the son of someone. You're like, what? It's really good. I like it. Did you just give away the plot? No, I did not do anything of the sort of anything. <laughs> Who I, knows? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know what I'm talking about. She's uh, trying to cover her tracks now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, The Sun That Dreaded Sundown. Great movies. Mm-hmm. The Sun. The Town <laughs> That Dreaded Sundown. <laughs> you always catch me! No, I was just confused then. I was like, what? The Sun That Dreaded Sundown? That could be a good play on word. It's like, you know, a sun. Smith's song was like, I am the sun, I am the moon, I am the earth. Uh, but I, but <laughs> yeah, uh, but, then he, but then he talks about inheriting stuff so it's kind of like a play on sun and sun love that anyway well rosie's gonna shut up now we hope take us out jenny i mean (laughs) what can i say Uh, we have properly verbally diarrhoeed tonight we've we've had a great time doing it and we hope you've managed to follow along with these urban legends and Mm -hmm. we will post up the artwork surrounding these urban legends that interested us so much this evening If you've got any cool urban legends and would like to have a chat about them, get talking in those comments. We love hearing about things like this. Hit us up, girl, skies, all y'all. She just went very 90s. I don't know what is up with her tonight, but it's okay. It's okay. I keep seeing memes about turning 30, because obviously I just did it. And it's like 90s kids, 30 being hell. I actually like 30. 30's great. We're great. We're 30 and we're great. We love it. We're great.
we're, we're urban legends in our own right now. <laughs> but yeah, so we hope you've enjoyed this verbal diarrhea. Go and check out our recommendations. Uh-huh. Go and, yep, yep, yep. Go and check us out on our on our Instagram and on mm-hmm. our Twitter. We are at Drunk Art Review on both. You can mm-hmm. find Rosie on Instagram at Rosielah, R-O-S-I-E-L-A-H. I'm You're nailing it, girl. I'm at jennifer.ellen.kemp. We should have some ice cream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just celebrate nailing our outro. But yeah, we're also both on Twitter, but we're both on there so randomly. But yeah. you can find us under our names on there as well. And yeah. Yeah. You know. We hope you have a lovely day. Whatever you're doing. Or evening if you're listening to this. Yeah. Night, or a nice sleep. Weekend. Nice breakfast. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah. We'll, we'll talk to you later, babes. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>